Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 353. Yes, folks, it's the palindrome. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra, joined by Charlie Chuckles Garden. Pew, 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 pew. What's up, y'all? Good evening uh, from Sleety, Michigan. Man, am I ever glad I stayed inside today. Got the fireplace uh, roaring, got all my chores done, and I am ch- ch- chilling with a, a glass of the finest Federation cheap Canadian whiskey. So I'm doing okay. Very, very cool. And we are joined by a very special guest today, uh, joining the Secret Friends Unite. That is Miss Shannon Paul. My, oh my, she is a personality in the Twin Cities, if you're from here. She's a wonderful person. I remember watching, listening to my talk, 107.1. My son and I love those shows, and Miss Shannon came on. I'm like, who is this woman? She sounds awesome, and she's also a geek. So um, she's a speaker, comedian, auctioneer, social instigator, radio host on my talk, 107.1, and at BR Geek and a regular on the Jason show. Oh my goodness. Miss Shannon, did I miss anything? Nope, that's it, gentlemen. I mean, there's a lot of things. What else do I do? I'm a voice actor. Um, I'm actually, just because the geek in me wants to do this, I'm really like, I I'm recently have uh, been auditioning for some animated series um, that hopefully take off. So I would love it. Like, there's one that's a Minnesota based animated series that, that I, I hopefully will get to talk about. Uh, very very soon, so I'm ooh, looking at I'm looking ooh. forward to that. So thank you guys for having me. This you got it. I I do have a follow up question. What does one call a social instigator? Oxford just um, you know what? You get to buy your own business cards. Did you know that? Um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know because yeah. because Todd and I have. I have my own Secret Friends business cards. I have them for the Grand Petoskey, <laughs> the SFI chapter. I've got one for a charity expo I work with with my best friend in another right. town here in Michigan. So, yeah, right. Vistaprint, Vistaprint gets my money. Yeah, Vistaprint Right, and so money. mine yeah. is actually like, yeah. So the, here's the thing is that uh, when I started using the term social instigators because I truly enjoy talking to other human beings and being a catalyst to try and spark connections between those human beings. And so if you're in a room and you need somebody to be that billiard brawl, that'll start a conversation. That's me. Um, so I me love too. to start social instigation. So that is me what too. I do. So yeah. I am. I am. And Todd will always tell you, no matter what, I've always been an instigator. I always start shit. I'm trouble. Right. Todd knows yeah. That. And it's funny because I yes. worked for a couple of bo- uh, businesses in town and they were like, well, shouldn't you call yourself a social catalyst instead? Because they wanted to soften. I was like, oh, no, no, I instigate. Well, no, That's what I do. No, this, there's I all edges. It's all edges. Yes. There's no soft. Right. It's all edges. No. It's all sharp cut you edges. Out. It's um, it's Beskar. <laughs> Watch out. It's the Darksaber. I was sorry. I was watching Mandalorian right before I got on. So I'm the brain. <laughs> Well, and, and Charlie will tell you, I'm, I'm just the kindest person in the world. I, I, I do not hold any grudges. I am just the, the sweetest person on the planet. And the great news is Todd is very humble. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he is very uh, self-effacing. He never yes. acts like he knows everything. It's great. It's really great. Not at all. Not at all. And no. my thing is that I also would consider myself a very kind person, and it's very important to me that when I do leave this planet that people say she was a good person. Uh, she helped other people. That's why I work with a, a variety of nonprofits and and really do like when I got into auctioneering it's because I'm a benefit auctioneer 
And so cool. I'm not out there trying to like help people get a deal, but I am out there to work with organizations to try to help them maximize their uh, fundraising. And so it just was another way that I could use my skill that I'm very comfortable. Hey, you have an audience full of people that came here to support your organization and get attention. And I will help them get attention in order to support this organization. So I'm totally fine with that whole thing. I don't mind asking people who have the money to give it to an organization that they came there to support. So I'm totally fine with that too. That's what else that, are they going to buy? Mercedes and, and uh, Teslas? Come on. That, is, and, yeah, that, yeah. that is sales and it cuts to the bone. But anyway, speaking mm-hmm. of cut, speaking of cutting to the bone, uh, we got some bone cutting Russian action going on with uh, <laughs> this week's uh, comic book cover. So uh, this was uh, in Captain America uh, issue 353, which is from May of 1989. Now, this is when I was core into the title. Um, this was just post, and Todd, we've had a lot of Captain America covers kind of sneaking back in, and you probably do that for me, which I greatly appreciate. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this was after the classic, the Captain Arc. You had Steve Rogers uh, back in the classic red, white, and blue, but you had him squaring off against the Soviet. Are they the Supreme Soviets at this point? Yes, not they the are. Soviet. Yeah, not the Soviet super soldier. So you had the Red Guardian, you know, David Harbour. But then you get like a real hodgepodge of like you got, because they were trying to really mirror like what was going on with the Avengers at the time. So you had the the Crimson Dynamo, which was the Iron Man ripoff. You had the dude who was supposed to look like the Vision, the chick who I don't know what the hell was going on. And then the one I focus on is their Thor ripoff, which is this big shirtless friggin' clod to which he inspired me by saying, in Soviet Union, shirt wears you. <laughs> uh, all I can say is uh, when an artist gets to basically draw a character and only make it a color, like the Crimson Diamond, Dynamo, like it's like right. literally that is them cheaping out. Like I didn't want to pay any money for inks or anything else. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, this it's, it's yeah two colors. You got all red plus a white belt star and, and gloves. That's and the and the the strap handles on the shield. That is lame and boring. Or I always figured that they were on deadline by then. Mm-hmm. Where by the yeah. time they got oh, it to shit. the artist, they're like, right. They're like, finished. <laughs> they're like, 15 characters, ready, go. And they just got yeah. it done. And they're like, all right, all the all the boxes are checked. Cool. All right, nobody's going to, like, the check's going to cash. Cool. Yeah. That's what I always think on those days, too. Well, I, I noticed who the artist was. And Charlie always knows that I'll make fun oh. of this artist. Al Milgram. Oh, he, oh no. That? Al it was right on the cover, right, sir? Al Milgram. It's funny because oh, it is, he is. Kurt, yeah, he, I think Kerwin Dwyer was the inside artist at that time. But Kurt, yeah, but, yeah Al Milgram, who you just are not fond of. Yeah, I know. Well, no, he is like he is like the, the guy you get if the, you can't get the guy you want, but he's reliable. <laughs> and he'll do like 25 comics a month. The dude like just. I will, like, I, will, I will quote to you a song I've heard on the oldest station a bit lately. Stephen Stills, if you can't be with the one you love. Honey, love the one you're love with. Love the one you're with, right. And so like, and I never clown any artists that are legitimate artists like that Word. because I couldn't get that job. There's no oh, way. No. I can barely, Hell no. I, can, I can color in the lines if you give me the, the, the box of crayons and then put the numbers in and tell me which crayon to use. So I'm like, hey, look at that. Those people look like people. <laughs> and that shirtless dude, I could tell it was a dude. I'm good. You know, so I just leave it all. 
You know, I leave my stick off. figures are world renowned. My stick, <laughs> oh, the line face, the two eyes, it's all there. All the anatomy is in its place. Don't, That's don't, all you need some days. Don't, don't give it boobs. Forget about it. No. Oh, sorry. <laughs> That's very classy. Uh, yes. Well, that is it for the intro of the show. But now it's time for us to get into the news and what we do when we turn to our favorite gal pal, our senior news correspondent. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, my goodness, Miss Shannon. Madam Webb is about 152. Um, okay. So in about. this lens, she's always looking for gal pals to go out in the town yeah. and shore around. She's never been to the Twin Cities. So if you have any uh, joints that might look for uh, women that are in their 150s era, I, let me know. You know we can I hook mean, her up. Uh, me and all my Gen Xer friends, we can go tell her where to get the best wine spritzer is. So we'll help Ooh. her walk her up. Yeah. Her. Do you have a lot of Centurion friends? No, but that doesn't mean that. But that's for the best. Because that means that she will be so special that we're like, hey, here we go. Now we're all ready. And there's a bunch of those vintage bars that are out there. So they mm-hmm. might feel very familiar to her. We'll do that. And then we'll like make some Miss Minutes jokes and we'll be good. You know, kind oh, of- absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, the first story that was very cool popped up on, I think, Saturday night, which is so bizarre. It's out of the news trend, but this is big news for everybody. I don't know about all of you, but this is one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. Uh, Miles Morales, his take. Love it. And we're getting the new movie coming October uh, 2022. Um, we got a preview where Gwen yep. shows up. She sees Miles. Uh, he gets a little embarrassed. And then it, he gets, you see him, he goes off into the Spider-Verse. He runs into Spider-Man 2099, voiced yep. by Oscar Isaacs. Oh, yeah. I love it. Big time. I love that. Big I love time. that. You know, we were excited. I mean, I was waiting for Spider-Man 2099 to come just because one of the video games, the mobile video games I play, Marvel Contest of Champions, was already talking about that and had introduced Spider-Man 2099 as a character. And Mm -hmm. so we were kind of like, okay, how is this going to work? And I am one of those people that truly still believes that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man incarnation that we have gotten as a film. Um, everything about it. I love everything about it. I think it was flawless. Um, as a geek of color, I love that it was just so inherently diverse. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I love that about it. And, and I mean, it just really reminded me why a person like me is a fan of Spider-Man because Spider-Man, I think, especially for uh, geeks that are part of the BIPOC community, that was one of the ones that you always got to be like, anybody could be Spider-Man. You know, everything else, you kind of had to reimagine yourself as that character. But you're like, but Spider-Man, I really can see myself in that frame and why that made sense. So I loved that film. I loved the soundtrack. I'm so excited about the new one. And, you know, basically, Oscar Isaac, he shows up in stuff that I'm like, this is a mediocre film, but you're in it and I'm cool with it. I'm like, I'm Mm. here for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, bring bring in the love. I mean, the, the trailer itself, I didn't think had content that I thought was revolutionary because really that's it, it's really a direct carryover from how the first film ended because mm-hmm. Miles is sitting there he's listening to his jam he's tuned mm-hmm. out and you hear Gwen's voice and then this is just an extension of that scene that could very easily have been animated you know a couple of years ago when this happened right. but mm-hmm. but again 
something that is a teaser is meant to really enhance. It's for, uh, an expression that I re- that I remember reading for the first time uh, in Stan Lee's introduction to a little little pocket novel of the first ten issues of the Amazing Spider-Man that I read when I was a kid. A little that said, "Hope we hope this wet, this would wet your appetite. It would wet your right. appetite for more." And th- and that's what this did. This made you say, "My God, twenty ninety nine, which is again." Todd and I grew up uh, in the 90s when we were teenagers in the 90s. We were really jamming into the comics, or still, and everything was was very extreme and everything was very flashy neon and whatever, and really Spider-Man 2099 was absolutely that. It was packed with a a lot of flash and a lot of a lot of glitz and glamour and dare I say, you know, big, you know, it wasn't quite Rob Liefeld with the big pockets and the crazy spines and everything, but but it right. was very 90s. And so this certainly the character of Spider-Man 2099 to me as a I've been a Spider-Man reader since I was 10. I've read every issue of Amazing Spider-Man. I am a die mm-hmm. guy. Um this is absolutely fires me up. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing, you know, uh, Spider-Man No Way Home uh, twice in two days. So I'm really fired <laughs> up about that. I've got my tickets for Thursday. My wife has class. I'm going with a buddy of mine. And then I'm seeing it like noon on Friday with my wife because mm-hmm. she's, you know, she will typically sometimes play hooky on a Friday to go to the movies with me. So oh, um, but I, I'm a big old Spider-Man guy. So this is, this is pretty yeah. sweet. And I agree that, I mean, for for anyone who's way, I think they've done a good job. Like, you don't want to, you don't want to cause too much hype too soon because then we end up in the same boat where everybody was sitting and staring at their PCs and their phones waiting for that Spider-Man No Way Home video uh, trailer to hit to the point that me and some of my friends were just like, oh my God, I'm going to see it anyway. Everybody go back and have your life. I don't care about the next trailer because mm-hmm. it was such a, is it going to drop? And then is this one? And when's the next one coming? Was that? And then I finally was like, you know, do I care? I'm going to go, you know, either way, even if the trailer mm-hmm. was garbage, which you know, these days it's not, it's right. not going to be garbage. True. You know, True. Uh, like there's no way they're going to create in these franchises, a trailer that I'm going to go that changed my mind. I'm not going it. There's no way. And so right. I, I like that. This is enough. I like that it played against something that I already loved, which was Into the Spider-Verse. And so that was enough to go, oh, you're making another one. Because it didn't even occur to me with all the hype we've had with No Way Home and all this other stuff that one of the animated films was in the hopper as well. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I just wasn't focused on that. So it was enough to make yeah. me go, Oh, okay. It almost, I always understand why they don't want to give you more because it kind of made me less excited about no way home. Right. Because I'm like, to, I'm like, I doubt I'm gonna like no way home as much as I'm gonna like this next one. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. A little bit too much peanut with your chocolate butter. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I and I did want to drop a couple other pieces here. So one thing I thought was really cool: the trailer definitely showed another animation style that we did not get mm-hmm. before, which was very interesting, right. very much more chaotic, which could lean to something why it's more chaotic. Um, and they also uh, announced in the article, actually, uh, Entertainment Weekly had some exclusive. Issa Rae is going to be Spider Woman, Jessica Drew. So that's yep. cool. Mm-hmm. Didn't know that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like and that. they mm-hmm. even talked about the fact that. There are going to be, you know, obviously this is said part one. So this part two will be out sometime in 2023, and then we will sleep again in 2024. No. So I didn't even think about this being the part one part totally screwed me up. But that's like, okay, they're going all in on the Spider-Verse as a whole, which 
I love this. I love these characters. I remember seeing uh, uh, Spider-Man 2029 has been in some other video games and things like that. Mm-hmm. He, I think he even had his own cartoon series called Spider-Man Unlimited, which was a horrible cartoon, but it's out there if you want to check it. Might right. even be on Disney+. Plus. Don't know. But uh, yeah, I love this. And this is a great reminder that this movie's coming out because a lot of people, like I said, off your radar. There's been right. nothing out there. We knew they were making it because the first one was so cool. And by the way, if you own the Spider-Man game from... uh, the Spider-Man game from uh, 2018, there was a mode where you can do the Enter the Spider-Verse animation style and they get the suit. And it's very herky-jerky, though. It could make you throw up. (laughs) But the animation style is not fluid, but that's for its purpose. I do have both of those on my PlayStation, so should I decide to dig in, because I'm not a video game guy, but my son enjoyed playing those, potentially. But yeah, I didn't know that you could diversify into Miguel O'Hara territory. So it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the you get the different suits. Why, yeah. The other reason why I was so excited about Into the Spider-Verse and these other two films that are coming up is that historically I'm a Marvel person more than I'm much uh I'm a, definitely a Marvel woman before I am a DC person. Um but I do uh repeatedly go but DC makes excellent animated properties. Their movies mm-hmm. are the horseshit. Their animated properties are Amazing. Yes, and Marvel yes, historically makes terrible animated series. Right. Yeah. Um, like, the script, the, like, the script. Yeah. yeah. And so then Into the Spider-Verse came out and I'm like, but this is amazing. Like, I, the mm-hmm. only thing I like as far as a Marvel animated series before I came out with this is that I did enjoy... Um, they made a, a, a Black Panther series in uh, conjunction with BET. Oh, yeah. That was dope. That was well done. It was kind of like a motion comic-y thing, was it? I can't remember more. when that came yeah, out. I mean, it did. Yeah. yeah it, you know, and so it was, uh, that was really good. And then they did a Wolverine series that wasn't terrible. And I, you know, and it was Wolverine okay. when he was in Japan, that whole iteration. Okay. And Got that it. was fun to watch. But everything else they make is just meh. It's just meh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we, and, and we and thank DC Sony for, we make... We make we thank Sony for and the Spider Verse too, which is that it wasn't exactly. Marvel who was behind us with Sony. So it was like I'm glad they right. did that because now it pushes exactly. Marvel yeah. to do right. things proper. Right. So very very right. cool that we're getting more of this. But know what else is cool? Speaking hmm. of Marvel and Disney Plus, because we're going to get pl- ton of that, and Marvel is really mm-hmm. hitting all uh, cylinders on Disney Plus, is the fact that we're getting more information about the in, uh, Secret Invasion show Ooh, and Colby yes. Sm- Smulders is going to be in this and she'll probably it'll probably be one of her biggest roles yet in the marvel universe because she's only had little small cameos things like right. that so she's coming back to join uh nick fury but will she be at the mall <laughs> yes robin right. sparkles that's her, that's her actually undercover identity right okay. well Fair i enough. mean she's a secret agent so why should it be too? yeah but i mean looking at this show obviously you can see even just going for the blurb here but this is just kind of organically you would assume Pulling in threads from what you saw at the end of Far From Home, uh, right. what, you got, what you got out of Captain Marvel, uh, you're going to be getting uh, Ben Domendo or Ben Mendelsohn. Sorry, for the Australian. That's what that's what my the, they call him on the Australian podcast. I I like uh, Ben Domendo. I like Bendo that. Mendo. I hadn't heard that yeah. before. I like that though. I'm going to borrow yeah. that. Ben Domendo is good. Keep it. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, we got uh, Olivia Coleman, Amelia Clark, uh, Kingsley Benadire, Chris McDonald, Shooter McGavin. Pew pew pew. Uh, and Killian Scott, uh, yeah. So that I mean, uh, rock solid cast. Uh, I mean, yeah. we're watching we're watching Hawkeye right now. Todd and I will talk about that in the Geek Easy. But you know, Marvel just has not had a miss uh, with their TV program so far. 
on Disney Plus. We're not talking about the Inhumans, which couldn't have been a bigger miss. Uh, oh, that was so to- disappointing. Oh, like, my God. Like, from the beginning, all they had to do was get her wig. Like, how could they not get Medusa's hair right? The whole characters right. about I, the hair. I was so sad. I, I was just, sad from the first episode. I wanted I it mean, to get better. Like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was like a rocky road, mm-hmm. but then kind of right. got better. And Inhumans never got right. You know, Damn and it, it was it was so funny because I remember when Inhumans dropped, they did it in the IMAX, of which we have a, a, a genuine IMAX screen here in town, not the LIMAX that Todd will describe. Todd has very strong feelings. Well, they killed IMAX. they killed our IMAX at the Apple the, the theater in Apple Valley, the yeah. Minnesota oh. Zoo. That was our real, real uh, uh, IMAX the real theater. IMAX, yeah. But, it it, was. But, it, but at any rate, we didn't go see it there. But even just watching it on TV, it was such dog shit, pardon my expression, yeah. that I can't even imagine what it would look like on an IMAX screen. We watched the first hour of the two-hour premiere, didn't watch it for over three years, and then just finally polished it off because it's on Disney+. Plus. What a I, – I just I, – it couldn't hold my attention. I was looking at my phone the whole time. So boring. And it's good characters, like the characters of oh, yeah. Bolt and Medusa and, right. and all of those characters. I'm curious about them. And I was, as a, as a fan who didn't read those comics, but mm. knew that I wanted that – concept to be in the universe Mm -hmm. i wanted it to make sense um the fact that that was bad really frustrated me really frustrated i hear you i believe they will get brought back when we get all of the things and it's a different versions of them and they will be redeemed because i think kevin feige's like anything that was done outside of me I will make it my right. own and bring it back yes. and make it in MCU. Need that to make sense now that we are yes. moving into the 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 the, the celestials. Like right. once once we move off the of our planet, celestials. Yes, the eternal exactly. things like the eternal celestials. Yeah, right. once we move there, I think that you know you know I want to see those characters that are in that pocket. Mm-hmm. of the MCU universe and those things. I right. want those to pop up. And so well, I'm curious to see how that happens. And again, in humans, we're so part and parcel to, and I know we're kind of getting off the beaten path here, so part and parcel to the Fantastic Four because that's where they came yep. from. And we know that's going to be coming up. So if you look at the next five to eight years and what's going to happen, uh, it's just, it's just, it's radical. It's, it's going to be. Can exciting. I ask you a question? What do you two think? Because I, uh, I, I'm part of a, a group of, of nerds, and we talk on Clubhouse. And so we had a long discussion about what we cared about Fantastic Four. Do you want to oh. see a Fantastic Four's origin movie, or do we want it just to do the Cliff Notes version of it and just get to the story? What I, do you guys want? I absolutely love the smartest thing they did with MCU slash Sony, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, was to bag out on the tired ass, beaten to death origin story. Everybody right. and their mother, I think that there's not a fetus that comes out of the womb in 2021 that doesn't know Spider-Man's origin story. It's like it's in a cultural Correct. DNA that everybody knows, they assimilate it, it's part of our, our cosmic consciousness that everybody knows that with great power comes great responsibility. Uncle Ben got shot. Spider-Man could have stopped it. Blah, blah, blah. Nobody gives a shit. Just please don't. So you're right. Uh, Fantastic Four, maybe not so much, but we've had two versions of 
they got some cosmic rays. And in one version, they went yep. to space. In the other region, they were in that horrible 2015 movie where they were in another dimension and blah, blah, blah. Regardless, they got their powers through supernatural means. They're for people. They're a family. It's a husband and wife. It's a kid brother. It's a best friend. Right. Boom. I feel here, like here it can back. Yeah, I feel like they can flash back that enough that I don't want to see a yep. full movie about right. that either. Please. I was really, uh, that's part of the reason why I was really hoping that the scientist in WandaVision was Reed yeah. Richard so that oh, we could like yes. fast track yes. into that. I was Please. hoping for that was, um, just because beat to beat. Yeah, they've absolutely. had too many chances to make a decent one. And I know that that's why a lot of fans of that property want us to have an origin story because they have not had a really good Fourier into it. But I'm like, oh my gosh, we have so much room yeah. to cover. I'm very, I'm more excited about seeing things like the Eternals that have, or Guardians of the Galaxy, or the way that we are mm -hmm, expanding mm -hmm. the properties. Uh, mm -hmm. As much as I love the concept of the the Fantastic Four, I don't need a full origin story on them. You know, well, I, 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 pitch, I, I will pitch my it. idea. I will pitch my idea okay. how they do it. All right. So it's essentially somebody is going to basically be watching or you'll the, the beginning of the movie will be essentially clips from a documentary about, yep. you know, these famous guys who are going to be basically think about, uh, you know, what Elon Musk is doing with SpaceX and things like that. This is just a guy who's doing stuff, smartest, smartest man in the room. He's got his team and people are going to be kind of watching like it'll show clips of like a documentary, kind of like how they formed everything like that. And then something horribly happened and then cut away. Or something like that, ah, or you don't hear. Okay. It's like, or they, whatever happened to the, the, you know, they call them, they dubbed them the Fantastic Four, kind of like because you know everybody gets dubbed a name, and they said whatever happened to them, and then potentially it could be like the Eternals getting the team back together because of something happens, and they didn't realize they were all experiencing these effects of where they were at, and they like maybe something triggers it, like the uh, whatever it is in Eternals, that thing that triggered it, maybe that triggered then whatever they experienced, like, you know, some radiation that, uh, that, that triggered. And then they have to come back here. Like what the hell happened to us, Reed? And then that's where they go. Okay. Maybe that's how they I would, I would do that. Cause I, I just don't want a two and a half hour movie of they no. get and they go to space and then they come back and then this thing happens and then all this stuff. I don't want all right. that, but maybe it's well, because and, I yeah. know too much about it, but it's I'm just, like, you know, it's lather, rinse, repeat. You know, why do they have to again? You know, in that horrible Josh Trank movie in 2015, they had to take it. And again, I realize we've gotten completely far away from what the hell we were talking about, but who cares? The Josh Trank movie. <laughs> That's which, a geek way, I think, is what you call that. Yeah. Which <laughs> I, will, I, will, back around. I will tell you, it's been six years, Todd, and I've been doing this seven years. I took the bullet of going to see this movie for him so that he has never had to see it because it was oh. that is real friendship. I'm not going to lie to you, Todd. Yeah. I'm going to put this I've taken bullets too for other movies, so we, we kind of do that. About this the is, film, like it's just beyond it's worth, beyond horror. It's and and the thing that's that's kind of disappointing about it, Todd, is that it has an excellent cast that's yes. given terrible material, um, like like, and, like and, the prequels, and, like the prequels. Yes. yes. Yeah, and it's then there's no reason, and then the direction that they are given to display these characters is faulty, and that's the problem that I have with it. Because I am back. If you want to talk about the prequels, I think that again, great characters, wonderful actors, told to act a certain way, that is terrible. It has, well, like, well, I mean, the, you know, the, that's well, it. and that director, but, unfortunately, you, you saw one of the best. Yeah. One of the best, I mean, one of the best scenes ever. If we want to take a look, one of the best scenes ever. That whole scene, though, with Obi Wan, 
Qui-Gon and Darth Maul, best scene ever. That's one yes. Of oh, yes. Ever. I that call that as the, the, the shining right. part. Yeah, the, the shining part of that series is that. Oh, yeah. and plus the duel the, of fates yeah, in the background. The yeah. Yeah. But if you and look the, at yeah. Yeah. You, you look at the fact, and this was made by uh, you know, I do, I do a Star Wars podcast with our our shared you know uh, husband, uh, as it were, Mark. Uh, but I was chatting with our friend John, and they said, you know what, Samuel L. Jackson. How could someone make Samuel L. Jackson? A shitty actor. He says you you take a smoldering <laughs> badass and you try to turn him into this diplomat. You know, blah blah blah. Well, Milk you know, post boring thing, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. boring as shit. And you, yeah. they told five, him to be dry, right? You give him yeah. five minutes. You get him five minutes at the end where he's trying to murder Palpatine, and that was as interesting as he could be, and he still couldn't pull it off because it didn't fit the story. So, no. All right. No. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I do, and I'm gonna steer us back on track. Why don't we move on to the next? Charlie's the time clock, so he's he's he's, he's Mister Minutes, I guess, as we'll call him. Yes, uh, yeah. So so yeah, that series is coming out in late 2022. So the scrolls, all the fun. I expect a ton of like plot details that will then go into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Cannot wait. Right. Marie Hill is definitely instrumental in all of that. I believe she was the Skrull Queen. But all in all, you can read the comics if you want to know more about that. Uh, we Why then not? go to the last story, which. I think is just weird and ridiculous. That is Nick Cage is going to be in a Dracula film. It's also a comedy. I love it. I want to suck your blood. Ah, he already was in a vampire movie, though. Oh, Dra- right. was, it, was it Dracula Dead and Loving It? Which, no, which The Vampire's was? Kiss. Was that what it was called? Vampire's Kiss. Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. But here's why he is great. Because Nick Cage... Um, like, he is so good when he doubles down on weird. And I think... Since he's going to be in this Renfield movie, this thing, um, the fact that the the concept of this dysfunctional relationship that Renfield has with Dracula, that is what I think Nick Cage is really good at. Because even if you look at what was that um um Five Fingers or or, or that 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 Fry Freddy's knockoff oh, movie, five, oh Five Nights at Freddy, yeah, I remember that movie oh, where he was. Yeah, uh, it wasn't that movie. Up, uh, it wasn't called yeah. that, but it was called. Yeah. It wasn't called Five Nights at Freddy, it but it was. Fi- that fi- it was the Five Fingered Freddy with, with Tom Tom Scott. Green. I don't know. You know what? Don't listen to me. I know what yeah. you're talking. Yes, about. yes. He played a janitor cleaning up in like a children's amusement right. park amusement he never thing. Talks. And, yeah. You know, he never talks. He never says anything. He just stays this character. And, you know, when you watch him, when he goes all in on crazy like that, it absolutely make it was called Willie's Wonderland. Um, oh, and, okay. and so uh, uh, and so it's all mayhem. But watching him Nick Cage out in that was truly joyous to me. And that's what I think him as. Dracula, like I don't think that he's gonna be, like I think he'll be this understated, but just all in, in the ridiculousness, and that's what I find interesting about this concept. I think it'll yeah, be it's, gloriously weird. It's yeah, gonna be a comedy. Glory, yeah, mm-hmm. God, please, yeah. and again, like you said, the cohort of this is the uh, is Aquafina, who for yeah, God's sake, uh, so I adore so, her, absolutely adore her. Got it. So Chris McKay is the director, uh, which Mm -hmm. it's a screenplay by Ryan Ridley and Robert Kirkman from The Walking Dead. So it's going to have a good script. Mm -hmm. Chris McKay directed Lego Batman. Uh, He also directed uh, what else? Uh, I'm trying to look at what else he directed. So he knows how to do comedy. He did the Lego movie and Lego Batman. So um, and he did that. Unfortunately, that horrible Tomorrow War film with Chris Pratt. Uh, That was not very good. 
wasn't so. It was just confusing. Not very good. Not very good, but I went. It was an Amazon Prime film. Let's put it that way. Amazon Prime film. And then Aquafina is going to be Nicholas Holt's girlfriend, fiance, significant other. He is Renfield, and essentially he has got tired of taking Dracula's crap, and they are now triggering out how they will kill Dracula. So this could be genius. And I love the fact that Nicholas Cage is doing a comedy because literally I don't remember the last time he did a comedy. So I like this. The cast looks good. He did this could that be a lot super of fun. dark comedy where he played it, the dad that wanted to murder the kids. He was in that. So he's oh, done a lot of like yeah. really yeah. And, but, black yeah. comedies. But again, yeah. key, black comedies. Key to, he's been these really dark comedies. Mm-hmm. Key to say intentional comedy because Todd, the bees. Oh yes, yes. Nick Nick Cage when Nick Cage goes on. Oh, he the the Wicker Man when he does that line. The bees, the bees. The bees. So yeah, yeah, yeah. He but and he was fantastic in Ghost Rider. And Face Off. He was Let's fantastic in Ghost Rider and Face Off, which is one of my favorite cult films because that is so right. ridiculous. Yep. But Nick Cage when he is being him, I put him in the same category as Jeff Goldblum. Um, where when yeah. Jeff Goldblum goes full Goldblum, how can you not love it? And so when Nick Cage is just like, look, I know this is weird and I showed up and I'm here for it. Like, I feel like Nick Cage never phones it in. Like some other actors. Open up the throttle. uh, Right. I feel like like Matthew McConaughey, amazing actor, but you can tell when he's phoning it in. Mm. Like in Dark Tower, you could tell that he's all like, I took this part. And then I really don't care. And then the check cash. Right. But I feel like Nick Cage is like, I took this part. I will full Nick Cage everything that I do. And so him as Dracula is going to be so such a fun, insane ride. Because if they go do this crazy thing, he's going to do it. (laughs) And you'll go, all right. I just hope he has the Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Gary Oldman, big beehive wig. In the drag, okay. <laughs> I hope he has I'm that. Cool with that. I want him to go all yeah. in. It. Yeah, like uh, well, you remember the oh, Treehouse, Mr. Burns, was, yes, Mr. Burns, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I'm, I'm down all in with that. I'm down with that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, in. Yeah. I'm in. All right, all right. Well, hey, uh, that's it. Uh, so let's let's move it on along uh, because we we've got greedy pastures to tackle. Let's call that Uber. Let's get down to the the uh, kind of skeevy neighborhood where we have the geekies, so we can talk a little bit about what we're enjoying this week, so let's do it. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, cover bands playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. So, Miss Shannon, uh, why don't you kick it off? Anything you've been watching or reading that uh, has got you geeked? You know what? I've been catching up because uh, one of the blind spots that I had from back in the day was reading anything about Moon Knight, and I'm really excited Ooh. about that. Nice. And so I didn't know anything other than bits and pieces. And I was one of the people who would mistakenly say, oh, it's kind of like Batman. And now that I'm like reading about it, I'm like, okay, now I see why people who read it Mm -hmm. were like, stop saying like Batman because he's Mm -hmm. not like so it made me really go. uh, uh, That's what I'm trying to catch up on is is one of the things I'm enjoying most about the way that they are doing things in the MCU is stuff that I hadn't read before. I have a a quality reason why to start reading them. 
and look back at them. And that's been a lot of fun. So I'm doing a lot of that is looking up all these backstories um, so that I can have more than a five minute conversation with people who were like, we read that back in the day. And I'm like, I know, I know I'm catching up. So that's what's that been the- on my my nightstand lately. Yeah, right. Is that the three piece suit moon night or the cape moon night? The cape move night. So okay, because the there's a three piece suit era I, of I, moon night, which is really cool. Right. Yeah. I feel okay. like it goes back and forth, but yes, it's 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 very dis- Moon Knight, and again, back in the day, he was a West Coast Avenger, which again, West Coast Avengers is that's that's my slice. But I mean anyway, we don't need to get into that. But that But I cool. also like the idea of the religious zealousy concept mm-hmm. that we get to cover when we bring in this character, which was something that I didn't know before. And I was just reading an article that was talking about how some of the new properties are for a comic book slash that's not a full on graphic novel shows kind of how aggressive this character is. And they were talking about even like this whole black and white cover that had this one, like that showed this, this pool of blood and those things. So I'm just really even interested in the way that they are changing the way some of these, this cover art is to show this character. So that's where I'm at lately is just, which is a different rabbit hole than I normally jump down. And so his, uh, his nickname or his title is the fist of Khonshu. So he's basically mm-hmm. like the hand of God. He enacts right. the right. wrath of this Egyptian God. And he's been, sometimes he's been misled. Sometimes he's been lied to. So he's a unique character that has uh, not necessarily one unique origin. He's layers of layers. So he's very cool. And then I know that there's, I also like the concept of, you know, where I'm getting into the, 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 the layering and the interweaving and interwoven nature of the mental health issues that he's had because of those things. Mm-hmm. I find that really interesting as well. So um, trying, trying to have a character that's that complex, I'm finding very enjoyable to to be able to have those conversations and go, oh, no, no, this is why you have these mental health challenges and this dissociated personality disorder and these other things that he's had. So, again, another reason to go, oh, no, much more complicated than Batman. So I'm, I'm, I'm digging mm-hmm. that right now. And, you know, how cool do you got to be? Like, I'm going to be out there wearing white. <laughs> Hard miss. Right. Even in the dark yeah. of the night, when he's fighting as a soldier in the dark of fortune, mm-hmm. and he, yeah. he's not a, he's not afraid to wear white after Labor Day. Yeah, which you fashion nuts. There you go. I'm afraid to wear white all the time. Like you know how hard it is to not like bump up against your dusty, salty car. We all yeah. live mm-hmm. in places where there's legitimate winter, and I don't want to wear white. So white is a terrible <laughs> color for almost everything. I'm not going to deny. Right, uh, except for Moon Knight. Yes. Except for Moon Knight. Well, uh, let me take it. Let me take it over here. I have been uh, watching Star Trek Discovery, which of course I'll be talking about with my partner Peter uh, over on Code Forty Seven, which will drop again next week. We've gone bi-weekly, but you'll be hearing about two episodes in one. But they had kind of a cool episode this week. Todd, are you are you uh, back on par with the show? Are you watching it again? I just finished episode two of season four, so I'm not on the latest episode. Okay. Well, I will. I th- then I will keep it kind of light. Uh, but we got a good episode. It really tied in with the main theme. Uh, Todd, as you know, it's your favorite Star Trek uh, cliche, which is the space anomaly uh, going on right now. We have this huge destructive cloud going through the universe. We don't know why. Uh, and again, a portion of this episode kind of tied in with addressing that because you had uh, you know, the Commander Stamets uh, go to Navarre, which is used to be known as Vulcan, but it's the place where the Vulcan and the Romulans now live, took Book with him uh, to kind of plead the case. But you had a fun 
kind of tie-in back to Picard with the warrior nuns, the Romulan warrior nuns. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and kind of what that storyline looked like. And again, it's a thousand years beforehand almost. Um, but one of the warrior nuns in the day and age is Captain uh, Michael Burnham's mother, who is a character that oh. we followed. We followed their very complicated relationship throughout seasons two and mm-hmm. season three. So uh, this was a great tie back uh, to what that was like and uh, kind of what that looks like when that kind of crosses up with Starfleet, uh, you know, morals and missions. So this was a pretty cool episode that I think managed to split. Uh, you know, stick with the main story, but also diversify out and, and tell two different other stories at the same time. So I was super impressed mm-hmm. with that. So Todd, I would say get caught up. Uh, Miss Shannon, are you a trekker at all? Do you follow Discovery? I do. I'm a whole season behind, though, um, just because of life. That's okay. Yeah, I, um, but you. I do. Yeah. I, and, and it wasn't even, you know, it was one of those shows that I was on it, on it, on it, on it, and then... When things got complicated last year, it just was so hard for me to find time to sit down in front of my flat screen and catch up on everything. And so it was one of the shows that I just fell off on. And I was trying to figure out why, because, I mean, that was one of my first fandoms is Star Trek and watching it with my mom and just really like the characters, love the attachment to the characters and really was like. How come this one wasn't the thing? And you know what it was, is that there's a few shows that I really like, but that wasn't a show that on top of everything else in my life, I find entertaining, if that makes sense. Because sometimes because of the way that show is, yeah, it's a great show. Um, uh, It's really the whole reason that I fell off of as much as I love dragons, Game of Thrones. I'm like, there are parts Mm. about it that I'm like, today... I don't need to go on this emotional roller coaster. I don't want to do all this stuff. So it wasn't entertaining for a little while. And I think that's why when I only had certain pockets to watch stuff, it wasn't the first thing I picked for a while. And now I'm just like, well, I'm going to watch Hawkeye. You know, there's just easier stuff. Mm -hmm. Easier. That's a good word. Easier stuff to watch than Discovery sometimes. Yeah, I, I would actually agree with you. Discovery, I, I love the show. And it was a show I was doubtful at yeah. first because I was like, how are they going to do this? I hate prequels. And obviously they flipped the script right. on all of that, which is cool. Yeah. But it is so melodramatic, so mm-hmm. much emotion. And it's like, right. when are, we need some lighter elements eventually because every season is like, it's the end of the universe again. It's like, Star Trek at its best does a really good job of balancing the highs and the lows and fun and and giving everybody a little bit of levity. And and at this point, man, and and that's why I like the short treks, because they did do some of those fun things in between. And I think Discovery could use some balance. So I hope they do. So because even Picard, you know, had bright moments. And so and so Discovery, uh, that's the only reason why I haven't been as invested as it was. I was because. Just there's a lot of heavy things going on in the world right now. <laughs> I need and, I need Burnham to dress up like uh, 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 go on the holodeck in her apartment now, which she gets spoiler. Sorry. And just have an adventure that's goofy. Right. I just right. I'm going to yeah. go and investigate and be Sherlock Holmes again. I don't know. Whatever. Be a, a superhero. Have fun. You know, I feel exactly. like right. and every character, every character can't be going through it every episode. Like yeah. they're all going through it. And it's like, oh my Ooh. gosh, this just, <laughs> I get they're, it. They're, I get yeah, it. They're going to try without a doubt. So anyway, uh, for more on that, 
definitely tune back into Code 47 because my partner Peter and I are going to be talking about that. So mm-hmm. secondly, really quickly, April and I went to the movies uh, on Friday. She had a rough week and just needed to see something. So we saw House of Gucci. This is and I, this was a story that I knew absolutely nothing about in mm-hmm. the slightest. But yeah, the story of the... Uh, Gucci, the you know the the clothing maker, the fa- the fashionista uh, in the late seventies, throughout the eighties, and into the nineties, uh, about the 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 one of the you know it was a it was a pair of cousins, it was a, it was a dad, and then right. it was uh, it was an unscrupulous wife who came along and wanted to have her things her way, and the unscrupulous wife was Lady Gaga, and Lady what Gaga, a weird, mm-hmm. what a weird transformation for her to. The way that she looked, she looked like she was heavyset, and then she looked like she was skinny, and then she, everybody with the Italian accents, and it was just father, son, and house of Gucci. That was one that came from the trailer. And she Gucci or Gucci, what a cool name. I want to be yeah. Tadio Todd. Tadio. And she well, no, that, lived the concept of 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 what lady gaga like she went full method and like lived in that character mm-hmm. and talked True. in that accent for the entire time she was in that character so yeah so what did you think did you enjoy did you did you were you I, did you buy into it or did you find I, it cheesy? I, I did. I found and again, this is a, a lay motif that happened to me when I was watching the Venom movie. I kind of fell asleep at one point. And the wife had to kind of <sighs> nudge me, um, but that, but yeah, I, I don't. It must have been. It must have been during the most boring part of the film because the rest of it okay. was very engaging. Watching okay. them, you know, watching from the beginning of the film to you know certainly what's portrayed at the end of it where they do you know any biopic they have the you know 30 seconds of recap is it here's what happened since the story ended and blah 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 and i always love that they say it's inspired by true events not based on true events which means they can just right. go batch it crazy and do whatever the hell they want but <laughs> how they took it from the late 70s that it was a family owned company and people in the family were involved to the fact that this day in the age there are no members of the Gucci family that are part of the Gucci brand it's murder totally does a gone. little bit something to a corporate culture when there's murder and, involved in the family. It did. Yeah. And, and Todd, I was remembering because that happened in 1995 when you and I were okay. in college. Yeah. And I feel like I heard something about it when it happened, but didn't have any kind of conceptualization yeah. of, of what that was all about. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was certainly very interesting. But yeah, it's really wild to think about this was something that they came in and two people completely corrupted it. And destroyed what existed for personal greed. Right. So, I, and that movie, either they're all going to get Oscars for it or it's going to get like all, Razzies. Um, Razzies, right. right. Like people are yeah. so polarized on those performances between Lady Gaga and Adam Driver and everybody else. Like there's no, I just thought it was okay. Like either they're like, it was the best ever and the most method or what the hell were these people doing? And that I find fascinating. I love that. I, I've heard this called Ridley Scott makes a lifetime movie. <laughs> <laughs> so there a, you go. Maybe yeah. a little bit. All right, Todd, let's move it along to talk about yeah. both you and I have watched. So Yeah, yeah so Shannon, uh, Shannon, are you caught up on Hawkeye? Um, you can talk about it. Don't worry. Yes. Okay. Yes. I won't. No spoilers because it's still Don't in the mix. It, it just yet. came out. A couple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know yeah. a bunch so, of people um, are watching all of them all at one time. So, oh, yeah. 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 So so Hawkeye episode three is I feel like we finally get some momentum about the main right. pl- why we're here and who we're going to be facing off on, which is very cool. Um, mm-hmm. I would say this episode had some really cool action and fighting scenes, which yeah. I thought was great. We needed that again. And it had a very cool, like, 
oh, no, they didn't moment. So I won't give up that moment because when you see it, it'll blow your mind. I um, was one of those people that was not excited about a Hawkeye series. I was still super wounded about the way that they um, killed Natasha. I think that she deserved better. It didn't look right. I was just kind of meh. Um, I, I was still wounded with the way that they treated Black Window widow so i had a terrible attitude about this friend uh this series before it dropped i am uh enjoying it more than i thought like it is doing a good enough job that i it is overcoming the fact that i came into it with a bad attitude um and and i will admit that like there wasn't anything wrong with the concept in theory other than i was not in the mood for another white guy superhero series Cause that's just a story as cool as Hawkeye is. I mean, for a white guy, superhero dude, I'm not saying that he's a bad one. We just see that story a lot. So I would have much rather seen it's flipped as much as he's a family man. This happens, blah, blah, blah. That's why I was excited about Kate Bishop, all these other things, because I don't want to see another. We just got a bunch of those. That's the only reason I was like, meh about the whole thing. It is. I am enjoying it more than I thought. Um, and that's because they don't make garbage. So I am okay with it, but I'm still waiting for it to pull me in like a Loki did, or even like, you know, if I won't even compare it to a Loki because that doesn't make any sense. But back to, if we go all the way back to Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I think is a more action driven one like this is. Loved it. Loved it. Yeah. 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 And I want that. I want to know, I want to really care about him. To the point that I don't feel like they made the wrong choice and he should be at the bottom of that that cliff. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm I starting to understand this is really more about Natasha's sacrifice and him dealing with it. Because yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, yeah, I think right. she knew she had to be sacrificed because he's a family. He's got kids that depend on him. She had no one at that time. So she didn't really So there was a lot of things there. I, I totally get it. I totally get it. Right. And they do add some layers on things that he's dealing with, mm-hmm. which I think are cool, because there's a, some very cool inclusion parts of this, which is very cool. And you get introduced to a certain character who is an antagonist in this, and she is given a cool background. And she is a unique character. So I like what okay. they're doing, bringing parts of the comic book. This is also a little bit of a comedy, dealing with some different things. That I'm, I'm, right. I've read a little bit of the, the comic book this is based on. Um, so it does a very good job of mirroring that, which I like that. Um, and let's, I will hit this way. Hawkeye never got a lot of screen time, and he never got a lot as much as like Natasha got far more screen time. Uh, movies Absolutely. and things like that. So Hawkeye got very little. So he had very little to work with. So a lot of people didn't have attachments. So I think sometimes Marvel says, well, we're going to give these characters more like just like Scarlet Witch vision, giving them more to work with. So I think that's sometimes giving characters a second chance, especially characters they developed. And so yeah. I, I understand though. It's not for everybody, especially. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they brought in Kate Bishop, who's essentially a poor little rich girl. So, <laughs> so hard so to let's do take that. A I, I, let's I take a have we'll take a left a nerd left mm-hmm. uh have you listened to jeremy renner's album Ooh, i'm not no, a big fan of him so. at all <laughs> to be honest he just <laughs> the born movies his identity those stupid jeep commercials i'm like dude i'm not digging you man you've got this like thing about him that just does not get me his or even like the made me yeah, like but, him better his album okay. like his okay. album is very don't get me wrong it's very um he, he seemed very bro Coldplay-ish. to me, which is yeah. Oh, okay. It's a little, okay. it's a little Coldplay-ish, bro-y. Okay. But yeah. it's a good one for for the genre. It's good at it. 
And there's okay. a yeah. So I'll send you the link. It's all right. Well, Jay, he's a good singer. I'm like, he's a well, good if he, singer. If he breaks out a guitar in one episode, I guess we'll get to see if that happens. We'll go, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so I'm really excited to see what they do. And there is a cool moment at the end of this episode, which I, I kind of predicted that I think we know who the main antagonist is, but we'll see how that goes. So uh, no right, spoilers. Right. I'm yeah, ready for yeah. that. I'm ready for that. Yeah. And I'm, I, 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 I know that I want this to work because I do truly trust that all of these Disney plus series are going to reward me as a fan of the universe. So I'm cool with that. You know, I'm very cool yeah. with that. And that, that would be enough to make me watch it even if I was meh on it. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just la- and lastly, just very quickly, um, I saw the news that they announced that there's going to be a new Doctor Who uh, New Year's Eve special, or New Year's Day special coming out, mm-hmm. which I'm more hopeful about Doctor Who now after I watched the season premiere of the third season of the current Doctor, mm-hmm. uh, which I will say they've done quite a bit of course correcting of things I think they needed to fix. Um, mm-hmm. And this series has had a hard time because they did so much just... Yeah. New Doctor, new showrunner, do all this stuff. It's like, it's a lot there. Plus, we're going to add 85 companions, which then right. said nobody gets any screen time. So they have course corrected. It's one main companion. Um, I can't okay. remember the name. She is the uh, Indian girl, uh, the, the British Indian girl. Uh, she's yeah. the main companion. They bring someone else in in a very interesting standpoint. But it's essentially a Halloween-themed horror six-part series called Flux. This is the first oh. part. It's doing something completely new. I really enjoyed it. I thought they got it finally to a good focus. And I, mm-hmm. I'm really hoping Jodie Whittaker gets finally gets the show and the writing that she's deserved. She deserves, so, right? Yeah, and I absolutely. Agree. And and I found out, surprise to me, I was talking to my podcast live mate uh, from BR Geek Show, Jayton today, he's caught up. And so now oh, wow. he's in front of me. And I was okay. shocked because right, right. he's never been cut up on Doctor yeah. Who. Like normally I'm always like a season in front of him. And so he just hunkered down and just was like, yep, I'm going to catch up. And um, mm. I was stunned that he said that. So now I have even more of a reason to catch up. And and I, oh. you know, uh, love that fandom. Um, I do like the reason why I was okay with them having 75 companions is because they did get into this trope keep- of, the number keeps going I wanted up. To, it was I wanted him to get, damn. yeah. I wanted to get. I wanted to get out of having a companion that was also uh, unrequited love interest. Yes, thank um, God. Because that Oof. disappointed me. Because that's I didn't. I mean, I grew up on the old the the classic series, which didn't have that, and then we went so far into that with the David Tennant's and even with the Matt Smiths that I just wanted to get away from it. Um, so so I felt like. Adding, having, and we know it was only three, but having three at a time was a good palate cleanser um, as far as I was concerned for them to go, well, we don't have to do that. Sometimes like, you know, my favorite new iteration before we got to where we are now with Jodie Whittaker, Whittaker was when it was David Tenor and and Donna Noble. And that, yes, love Donna Noble. Just have, right. I yeah. loved that Dr. Donna character and mm-hmm. always wanted to have her come back. And I loved that it. it was, there was tension there. There was that, that she was, you know, it had to get up to speed on other things, but they were partners and buddies and she was a companion again not oh well really like like i was well there won't they out yeah Yeah. i was wore out on the way that they had 
uh, Matt Smith and the way they treated poor Rory in that whole series. Like, I was just Shannon. Was you and I are like it. speaking the same language because I have those yeah. same complaints. I loved it. Yeah. I think they flipped it with Capaldi because he was an older character. Yeah. They brought in some things, so they did kind of remove some elements because he was just a grumpy old dude at times. But right. I totally and Clara get it. Was like, yeah. That was a different one. So I'm cool with yeah. that. And so I was just ready for them to get out of yeah. that because. Doing it for a moment would have been fine, but then that just it just made him treat like characters like when we go back to to David Tennant and Martha. What a great character that they just shit on. <laughs> like yeah, she didn't get much. She didn't get was, much. Yeah, there was. No. Yeah, she was another great companion. Yeah, so I, I agree. So I, I'm hoping this is the shift to the right chemistry, the right. Uh, uh, Attention that you need with those characters. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. But I like this. This this first season really grabbed me back in. So I I liked it. So uh, if folks who've walked away from Doctor Who, check it out. It's very fun. It's on BBC America. Uh, Charlie, I was telling you, Philo, AMC Mm -hmm. Plus currently. It won't come to be uh, HBO Max until the season is wrapped up. So you got to watch it somewhere else. So I guess that's it for the Geeky Z. Uh, and we are now going to check in with the mutants in the Thunderdome and talk about our topic for this week. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or a game to be entertained. And this week, our topic is what is the future of geek convections? Conventions. Um, Who's who's going to cook something? Convection. Yeah, exactly in the oven. That's that is much geek more culture. Delicious than yeah, that's much more yeah. delicious. It can than be what we're probably it can, it, depending if you have a good a good recipe. And we're going to talk about that recipe because we've all gone to cons. And if you've never gone to one, folks, please go to. I'm sure there's some in your area, small or big. But what we're going to talk about is um, Charlie and I are going to C2E2. Actually, by the time you hear this next Friday, uh, we've all gone to cons in the world. Well, uh, some of us have gone to cons in the world of COVID and reacted. So we're going to say in 2022. Do we expect cons to have changed for a different audience with adding in virtual? Or do you expect it to go back the way it was? I mean, excluding wearing masks and things like that, but going fully just in person. So, um, Shannon, um, you, you, you have been into all these cons. Where do you see yeah. it going? Um, understanding Omicron still exists. All these things are happening. But um, where do you think that we'll see cons go in 2022? I think that the intelligent cons will continue on in a hybrid format. Um, I think that there's still a lot of people who are not comfortable being in those group settings for lots of reasons. I think that we still live in a world where we don't know what the next variant's going to be in those things, and you're more likely to have to cancel something if you don't have at least have thought through the hybrid format. Like I'm going to be part of um, our Twin Cities based Doctor Who convention that we have in January called Console Room. They're still having a hybrid format and there's some things that are in person, but I just got a a schedule today of some things that we are pre-recording and providing that resource. (laughs) And they've done a great job of providing content that you can watch online and in Discord and building that community so that when we can meet in person or people who are uh, interested in meeting in person still can. Um, I'm also signed up for Gallifrey One, which is the big Doctor Who con that they have in California in February. And we just got an email that said, hey, just because of COVID guidelines, not only do does everybody uh, have to wear a mask, now you have to show proof of vaccination. Um, so 
Uh, just because I live on the side of I got vaccinated and got my booster, I still know that there are a lot of people who are not comfortable with that. And having a hybrid format allows you to still allow those fans to participate, but them still to make the choice that they want to make, whether I agree with their choice or not. Um, and I'm for that because I do want it to figure out a way that we can still yeah, we build our fan bases and allow people to co- to connect. Because especially if you come from a geek community, I mean, I think you and I, all of us are all in the same age. So we already grew up in that world of feeling alone or the other mm, or isolated true, or nobody true. got what you were into. And we've gotten a little better about that. You know, I think that fandoms have built and grown. Um but there's still a lot of what do you feel comfortable bringing your kids to? Um, right. And 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 that's something that I think changes, you know, over time. And so right. staying in this hybrid format, like we just had our first Omicron case here in Minnesota. And it was somebody oh. who said that they were at uh, uh, an anime, anime convention, yeah. which I've been to forever. <laughs> I've been oh, to that con in man. New York. So... Mm. You know, and that was a breakthrough case. And so I think and people are wearing masks as they cosplay, too. So it's like you can do everything right. you want. Yeah. True. Yeah. And it's still just yeah. a reality. Right. And, you know, I we did we did a con here locally, Grand Rapids Comic Con. Uh, I, I believe it or not, I was ill earlier that week and I went and got, I went and got my covid test, which I was like, Ugh, and turned out it was negative. So when I was helping set up on Thursday, I was masked the whole time. Uh, I got my results and I, I felt comfortable taking the mask off. I uh, didn't see a ton of masks during the event. Later learned just recently because I was with the guy who put the show on that his attendance was down, but only by 15% uh, over two years prior. So to be honest with you, a, a bounce back of that, you know, uh, maintaining that much of his audience uh, over having an entire year off. And he did do a smaller show earlier this year is actually pretty impressive. Uh, and there hasn't been any big blowout of like, oh my God, there was COVID absolutely everywhere after Grand Rapids Comic Con because there was, you know, 20,000 people uh, going through this big convention hall in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, things still manage to maintain. So yeah, you're right. It's all essentially going to be about being smart and paying attention. Um, mm-hmm. And we're, we're, not, we're not great as that as a society here in this country. Uh, without getting you know too fine of a point upon it, uh, with people who are maybe not necessarily pulling their weight uh, in making this whole thing go away, um, but we can't affect that. All we can really do is affect what we do. Uh, being mm-hmm. smart, I you know Todd, Todd, you've had your booster. Uh, April and I are getting our booster tomorrow, uh, and I will tell you very strongly that here at Secret Friends Unite, we're very big proponents of science. We're proponents mm-hmm. of being responsible. So certainly, if that is not something you have engaged in, you're hearing the sound of my voice. Please consider it extremely strongly about being responsible and taking care of your fellow man and woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, one thing I was going to say um, to your point, I do like the the fact of hybrid. I always have loved that idea because I've always yeah. said I've been to San Diego Comic Con once in 2010. To be able to do that again is very difficult. Hard to get tickets. Got to fly up to San Diego. Not cheap. Find a place to stay. Not cheap. Um, it's very exclusionary. If, you, if you're a person of you know limited means, you're excluded, and then you miss out on right. so many cool opportunities. I think of all those panels that people want to go, and I will tell you. Being at panels before, I would not be offended if other people online got to attend the, those panels. 
I'm there. I'm getting the experience of it. I loving it. I don't feel offended that other people get to experience that. So I would love to see more of that where they all open it up because right now it's scary to fly. Flights are getting canceled. That's a lot of money uh, right. getting flights. You know, people are acting crazy on flights. So I love the idea of that. And I would love it. I think a lot of celebrities that go to these cons, too, would love the opportunity to still make money by doing one on one virtual interviews mm-hmm. with people that they love. And, and, and they could do those things. And, you know, uh, yes, I understand people want to do one on ones and want to be in person. But ultimately, you're going to have celebrities cancel. And that would make people sad, right? It happened, right. It happened all over the place uh, at our local show. We had, I know, John Glover canceled out. We had some other people drop out at the last moment. So, you know, pe- people have to, people definitely do have to take care of themselves. That makes sense. Uh, and we're still living in that world. It's going to be that way for a couple more years. Uh, no, right. matter wh- no matter what happens, no matter if people who aren't acting right decide to act right or if they don't, you know, we're going we're gonna to see this through. Um, but it's a matter of how, how quickly and at what cost, uh, right. what, yeah. what, hu- what human cost there's going to be for, for everybody. Again, everybody doing their part. I'm reminded of the stories of, you know, the scrap iron drives during World War II. I'm doing my part. You know, I'm, I'm trying to help humanity survive. That, that's what this right. is. Without me being too much on my soapbox, that, that's really where I'm at with this. Because I do catch wind here and there in my life of people who haven't gotten a vaccine or people who won't get a vaccine. And I just, I'm staggered by the arrogance and the ignorance of people right. who don't want to do that. There's, there's a lot to it, it, though. I mean, people have their personal choices, things like that. So we're not, we know how we feel. And that's not what right. we're trying to do. And it is, I know it, yeah. how, yeah, I agree. And I know that there are also like, like there are layers of generational trauma that have some people that are doing it. We've made it political, all those things. I, mm-hmm. you know, not only got vaccinated and, and had my booster, went through a lot of work to um, get my son vaccinated because he's 13. And so when he was able, but because of the way that he processes language, it was actually like we had, it took us like three times, like kind of thing. And finally, mm-hmm. like, Okay, this time we go just because of the way that the layout was to get those done. And still, since so much of my profession is being around people um, that, you know, because I have a show or I have a this or I have a that. um, Like when my friends are like, hey, do you want to go out to this bar? I'm like, let's door dash it. And I want to support because a lot of my my friends and, and, you know, are in that industry. But I still go, all right, well, let me be really picky. Because I know, you know, it was bad enough when my kid had RSV three years ago. I'm like, I don't need us to get sick. And so it's, you know, that's, that's kind of how I feel that I've been, I like the, the, the concept, like I'm honestly going to more things now as a, you know, as a single mom with a special needs kid, being able to tap into things through technology has really broadened my world for a lot of things because I'm like, like I'm talking to you both right now, you know, absolutely. And it would have been really complicated for me to go, am I going to get a sitter to be able to do this? And I look at cons in a similar way is Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. you know, me, you know, like me deciding that I'm going to take the whole weekend off to do a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I could do that, but I'm doing more now than I was before where I probably wouldn't have done these two months back to back nerd cons if I was still going to go to New York or I was still going to do some of these other things because back to what you said, Todd, even for me that loves all this stuff is cost prohibitive. 
to do all these things. Like my friend, you know, that I normally go, we do one big geek vacation every year. And so we usually try and get San Diego tickets and then we try and get New York. And then once we had a chance to go to both, we just said, well, we like New York better because there's, you know, it's if we're spending that much money and it's a considerable amount of money, we're going to go to New York because there's just more to do in New York other than go to the con and San Diego. It was fascinating, though, just watching people just sleeping outside the good in the hall H and all of these things. And I'm going, I I don't see myself doing that again with the amount of time that I have in my life right now, I really learned over 2020, life is short. What things are you really going to tap into? I'm not standing out lie outside of Hall H anymore. Right. I'll yeah. watch all the clips online when I get home. I mean, the, the, I'm the, not going to spend my time doing that. So the time yeah. is past. It would be like saying, you know, oh, I'm waiting around to get my hat blocked, or I'm waiting to get my, you know, my horseshoes cobbled. It's just, it's something that's right. just not. It's just not real anymore. It's the time that is past. It's like saying, I'm waiting on my, you know, I'm I'm looking to plug in my eight track tape, or I'm going to play my laser disc, or I'm waiting on a fax. Or I'm gonna right. play my I'm gonna play my cassette tape so I can listen to you know the latest yeah. George Michael record. It's well, just, it's just not re it's just not right. where the world is at. Things you know we we've turned the page. Quote Bob Seger and other yeah. Classics. And I and, and I was gonna say probably that. remember you both probably remember I have VHS tapes like I have um, a copy of Star Wars Episode One Point One that special cut where they took out all the superfluous mm-hmm. yep. you know yep. Jaja Binks yep. and Anakin that I had to buy at the time at a con. Yeah. But yeah. now everything's yep. online, you know. Right. Yep. Like why? I, I, you know. I have my you know DVD of uh, I think uh, Todd Todd and I went to Wizard World in Chicago tons of times and I had mm-hmm. oh I had DVDs of all the Batman sixty six because that was a bootleg uh, and now it's and now I turned around and bought it digitally. Um, or, or, or to get the, 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 the first Fantastic Four film by Roger Corman right, that right, you which, can't which, find. Yeah. yeah, but again, mm-hmm. or the Star Wars Holiday Special, which again I bought it on disc and I have it on disc, and my family won't watch it anyway. But it's, <laughs> but, it's on, but, it, but it's on YouTube, so it's like yeah, it's just th- th- things move on, and you have to move on with them. So yeah, you're right. The con experience to me ties in more with, and again, I'm an exhibitor. You know, the wife and I run. The fan club, we have a huge booth area. We have, you know, we raise money for Make-A-Wish Foundation. That's kind of the focus of what we do. We create kind of a fan experience. We get people to join our chapter, which is which is really what we're driving at. Um, but again, the con experience is seeing things, you know, it's a lot of shopping and like, oh, there's this vendor here who's selling stickers or selling coffee mugs or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, the big... Like I well, I want to hear what's going on with Marvel, you know. And again, Todd and, and Todd and I and our and our best friend John are going to C two E two. But you know, we have plans to see. Well, I want to see this panel because these people are here. But again, somebody's going to turn around and maybe that'll be even happening in the fact and streaming that somewhere online that that it negates that experience. And again, Todd and John and I we're very excited about this. We've not been together hanging out on one place in in, in two decades. Since yeah. we and he's flying it. from and he's flying from Washington. And he's scared of crap that somebody's going to get caught in his family with a virus and he can't fly out. So right. to that point, the risk of it, but the reward of it is finally yeah, getting us together after right. 20 years in Chicago to do something cool. So I get it. I'm not a fool. It's still nice to be together. But right. like I said, let's take away the barriers so people who just can't can experience too. I think that's a, that's I'm a hallmark you. of yeah. geeks. Inclusivity, you know, uh, you know, 
it's it's fun. It's fun to be a geek and to get excluded of something uh, just because you can't afford it. That's kind of sad because you know we just want to make everybody happy and enjoy all the cool stuff. So right. thank you everyone for your thoughts yes. on the geek future. Uh, oh. And of course, if you listen to the end of our show, you'll tell us how you can do it on the Twitters and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But before we leave, Miss Shannon, this was been a pleasure. Uh, wonderful time. Uh, you know, oh we had to keep up with you. Uh- <laughs> Please. And, and let this let this simply be the first of many because we would love to build something here. This has been Todd and I have had a lot of guests. We've had a lot of highs and lows. We've been doing this show for seven years. All um, highs, Charlie. No lows. And this has been one of the best experiences we've had. So I'm, I'm very Aww, grateful. Thank would, you. Would, love, would love to continue to work with you. So tell would us. Love to. Um, Tell us where you're at. Tell us where people who haven't heard of you, who have now heard of you, can continue to hear from you. You can always go to my website. It's Miss Shannon, Shannon with an A, so MissShannon.com. I'm easy to find on all the socials, so if you go to Twitter or any of those things, just look for Miss Shannon, Shannon with an A, every place that you go. Um, And, you know, like here in town, I will be um, one of the invited participants for Console Room, our local Doctor Who convention that we have coming up in January. You know, I have a great show. If you, uh, Todd, if you want to, New Year's Eve, if you don't have plans, you're welcome to come see me perform at the New Hope Cinema Grill with my bestie, Tiffany. Oh, nice. You can do that. So we got two shows that are going on there. So uh, it's 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 always fun. So we're glad to uh, provide opportunities for that. Also, if you just want to be part of our community, I do a weekly live stream with my friend Tiffany. We do a show called The Black Unicorn and the White Witch on Facebook. And the black, that's our little names for each other, The Black Unicorn and the White Witch. And we do uh, a weekly pop culture live stream. Um, that we do as well. So you can find that on Facebook and YouTube. And you can always find my podcast, BR Geek, which I would love to have both of you come on and talk about whatever you are geeking out about at uh, whatever moment yes. it is that you're on the show. Mm-hmm. Please. That's fantastic. And they, if they do not have it yet, you need, your, your podcast needs to be on the 107.1 website, is it? Oh, it is. Yes. So you can go to my oh, talk. Perfect. Okay. You can do that. You can also go to podcast one.com. We're part of the podcast network. So go to po- uh, podcast one network and you just look for be our geek and you can find us wherever you find your favorite podcast. Our next episode drops. Uh, we drop ep- new episodes on every Wednesday, every Wednesday, right. except we took a break over the, you know, we, my, we my did too. Uh, podcast. Yeah. My podcast laugh. My life mate is the executive director of the twin cities film fest. So that happens oh, yeah. in October. So mm-hmm. We get soups busy. <laughs> Absolutely. And then Absolutely. we always pick back We've up in there. December. Yeah. I so we'll you. pick back up and you'll see a new episode starting this week on. So awesome. that's fantastic. Right. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Yes, please. Yes. yes. Let's, let's continue to collaborate, but yeah, I will take this out. Uh, of course, uh, Todd and I can be found out there in the social world. I'm over at Twitter at the C three spell it out. Uh, I also promote the USS Grand Petoskey on our website, which is .com, and also on Facebook, that is the Starfleet uh, International Chapter of uh, that's uh, of the fan club that's been around since the 1970s. Here in West Michigan, loving to talk about Star Trek. Of course, I'm also over on Holocrime Chronicles and Code 47 bi-weekly on this delightful podcast network that we have. Yes, and you can follow me at T Oxra for just my old man rantings when my garbage doesn't get picked up, uh, <laughs> or my frustration with the Vikings getting beat by the the the, the lions. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Uh, but also, know, um, 
Yeah, so bad. But yeah, everything at Secret Friends U there. We have a Discord. We just want more geeks to talk about in the world of nerd on our Discord channel. Want to game together, have all the fun. And yeah, just find us everywhere. You can find our podcasts on every service. I think we're where we are. And secretfriendsunite.com. Uh, we're always looking for contributors as well if anybody wants a place to be a nerd. So that is it for our show. Charlie, take us out. Oh, my goodness, friends. Thank you, as always, for joining us. I'm going to tell you that sharing is caring and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck. Gucci o Gucci. Bye. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.